and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Um, well, just uh, trying to put Alabama behind us and and move on to uh, to App State. Yeah, it has been one of those weeks where, um, you know, some weeks you, you're, all the focus is on the team coming up. Uh, and some weeks, all the focus is on what happened the week before. And this was definitely one of the weeks where the focus was all on what happened the week before. For sure. Um, you know, we had, we had how many months, eight months or something like that. Yeah. Thank you, Alabama. Yep. And then, uh, obviously we got a week to try to forget it. Yeah. And obviously I uh, did not as go as well as people had hoped. Um, obviously a lot of fallout still from that game. Like I said, you know, it's kind of been, it's been the topic of conversation is, is um, what went wrong. Um, what did we learn? What does it mean for the rest of the year moving forward? Um, I, to me, it was not particularly surprising. And I think as we got closer to the game, I, it seemed like a lot of Miami fans, as we got closer to the game, it seemed like they became more confident. Uh, as this game got closer, I became less confident in Miami's chances. Um, <laughs> the more I thought about the differences in the trenches, and, you know, Miami was actually, Manny Diaz at least said he was kind of happy with the the way the run defense played, and, and they did end up with 10 tackles for loss, which is, um, you know, I, I would not have expected that from Miami. But, again, I think just – when I was look once once you kind of realize what Miami's front seven looked like, and you know Alabama has you know two All American type linemen, and then you just know the other three guys that are the new starters are all going to be good. Um, and then obviously on the flip side, you you know I almost feel like we just as we were thinking about this game all year long, like for whatever reason we didn't talk about the fact that Alabama's front seven is like has a chance to be one of the best ever. Um, and, uh, you know, once you actually started like thinking, analyzing the game, it was like, I really don't know what Miami's going to do here. Um, but obviously it was another big game and it seems like in every one of these big games that Miami has had really going, I mean, you wrote about it before the game, kind of every big game they've played going back to Notre Dame, they've gotten, it's been pretty ugly. I'd say with the exception of the Florida game to start the Mandy Diaz era where, uh, you know, they easily could have won that game ever. And I guess Oklahoma state wound up being close in the bowl game last year, but it was such an ugly start, but um, it started so poorly. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like every one of these big games. And I think that's the frustration. A lot of fans have this week is it feels like an Alabama. I, I don't think it's fair to even compare to a uh, Florida game or a North Carolina right. game. Like obviously they're in their own tier, um, but I think what has people frustrated this week is just it was another big game and, and it felt like Miami just came out totally flat. And and they did. he has argued that he said that's that he didn't feel that was the case. But obviously, uh, when you're down 27, nothing in the, in the second quarter, uh, it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Miami. I, I mean, you can only hope uh, that that. You know, Alabama is really that good. And they sure look that good. And judging by, you know, all the all the, the sports writers and people who cover Alabama and people who cover national college football were like, oh, wow, there's only two really elite 
um, you know, college football teams that we saw in the first week. And one of them, the number one is Alabama. And then I guess Georgia, right? But um, yeah, it was right. Even Georgia didn't score an offensive touchdown against, like it, it, um, SP plus, which is a number I kind of cite a lot. I think it's one of the best predictive metrics there is in college football. It's an ESPN metric. Um, Obviously one week, like the numbers, it's probably the least reliable week there is, but uh, their week one update, it basically uh, accounts like how many points you are ahead of, like if you played this, you know, it it gives you a score and whatever score that is, if you played another team, whatever their score is, that would be the projected point differential. Alabama Mm -hmm. is, I think, eight points ahead of Georgia. And then (laughs) at like the, to get to the next eight point spread, you have to go down to like number 17. Like the difference between Alabama and Georgia right now is the same according to this metric as Georgia. And like, I think it was UCLA, like there it's obviously one week and the numbers will change and Alabama is not going to beat everyone most likely by 30 points. Um, but yeah, it is, uh, there's a chance that this Alabama team is, is miles ahead of everyone else. And obviously we won't know that for a while though. That's, that's what it seems like. And, um, you know, um, if the, they always say between the first game and the second game, a team makes the most improvement. And especially you've got to hope that Miami getting blown out like that, you know, you got to hope that they come back in their home opener against Appalachian state and, uh, you know, and, and, and kick, uh, kick butt as they say. Yeah. I, you know, they, they've got to, and Appalachian State's good, by the way. They're not a coming team. They're good. They have historically been good the last many years, but um, I know they're in the Sun Belt, but they've got some really, really good players. Uh, it doesn't matter. Miami needs to win big in this game, or people are just going to go crazy. And they have to do it for, you know, for their for this season's future they've got to they've got to start rolling now like immediately yeah i mean you wrote about it again after the i think on your your sunday story um the idea that basically every time they've played one of these big openers in the last couple of years basically in the mark richt era right Mm -hmm. um i guess there's two of those really right florida and lsu those were the two in, in the, you know, Miami in the last four years before this one have had two good seasons, I would say, right? The Orange Bowl season and last year were both good seasons mm-hmm. and two like disastrous seasons. And those are the ones that started with the loss in the opener that, you know, if you took a step back, you were like, all right, that's, you know, losing to LSU in Dallas, like in a game that was not, not close, but, you know, they didn't get killed the same way they got killed in this one. Like that was an excusable loss. And obviously Florida first game with a new head coach very possibly should have won that game. Like those were two games where you take a step back and you're like, all right, those like, I get it. People right. are get frustrated. They're big games. You lose them. Um, especially Florida rivalry game. But like for the long-term outlook, like they were games that you, a, like a neutral observer, probably would look at it and be like, you know, Miami did pretty well. Like they're, they're going to be in pretty good shape. Um, but obviously it, in both of those but, seasons, it did not hold like that. The, the right. signs of optimism never 
turned into uh, reasons for optimism. They, they especially the, the Florida the year they lost to Florida, they actually lose to North Carolina the following week. And, and, two and weeks later, the next game. Right. Correct. But this game, you knew, you knew right away. Right. Just, this is again, Alabama is different than LSU, different than Florida. Like, yeah, it's, it's different. They're a different beast. They're different than Clemson. I mean, they killed Ohio State in the national championship last year, and Ohio State beat Clemson in the semifinal. Like, they are right. their own beast right now. They are. And, and when you, you know, when, you know, when you, when you saw, they, they just scored on every drive, every drive but two, I think, that um, Bryce Young was quarterbacking. Yeah. I mean, just machines, machines. And as soon as they did, you're like, oh, my God. Bryce Young really is that good. That's the end. And UM, you know, UM's strength is its offense, right? But forget it. They couldn't do anything. Yeah. They just did not do anything. And it was pretty, pretty depressing if you're a UM fan. Yeah. Well, I think, again, like the thing that, you know, there, there's obviously lots of complaints people have about the performance. It's the one to me that I think is the most like, I totally get why people are annoyed by this. It, I don't understand why there's not an answer for this. It's the slow starts, right? Like, like we talked about the North Carolina game. I don't remember what they were down, but it was like 21 to three in no time. Uh, Oklahoma state, they were down 21, nothing. Um, Clemson, mm-hmm. I think what they didn't score. I think they, they had the bubble bowl in block kick, right. Or he, re- he returned it right before halftime. But other than that, no touchdowns in the first half. Um, and then obviously Alabama, they didn't score until a field goal in the last second of the second quarter. Yeah, but David, but the, the thing about Alabama is they're so much better. I know, I know, I know. So but, much better. But it is the, the running. And again, like, again, Alabama, like, like you said, you almost don't even compare it. I almost don't think it's fair to compare it to those games. But it was like, it kind of felt like all the issues that bubbled up in those Oklahoma State games, the North Carolina game last year, but those two in particular, all those same issues that bubbled up were a lot of the same issues, I think, on Saturday. But obviously Alabama, like, but maybe that's because everything was an issue, right? Like yeah, I mean, Alabama, still- Alabama turns everything into an issue. Yeah, I mean, when you score 13 points, period. Yeah. Six of the points are from field goals and one's from an extra point. I mean, you know, one touchdown. Forget it. I, I, you're not going to start fast, period. Yeah. yeah. So that game, they've just got to, they've, you know, everybody's got to hope that Miami comes out um, Saturday against App State and they will, they, they, they should have a big chip on their shoulder and, um, you know, it gets it going. But I think App State, I think UM knows this. I'm not sure fans really know this. App State has a lot of talented players. Um, but, um, you know, and they have, a, they have a quarterback. We talked about this before. App State's um, uh, quarterback, uh, Chase Bryce, his name is, um, he was well. He originally played for Clemson. He was like Trevor Lawrence's backup. I remember there was a year when yeah. Syracuse probably should have beat uh, Clemson up in the Carrier Dome, and mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence got hurt in that game. 
uh, and tra- Chase Bryce on like a game-winning touchdown drive. It's probably his like senior, yeah. like great moment. I see that. Help the Tigers erase a fourth quarter deficit of 10 points against Syracuse. Yeah, it's pretty much his one moment he had at Clemson, but obviously, you know, if you go to Clemson, you got a certain level of, of talent. Yeah, but he was, so he was there three seasons from 2017 to 19. But last season, Chase Bryce was at Duke, their uh, the quarterback. Uh, he was, and and guess who his like best game was against or whatever. <laughs> One of his best games, Miami. Yeah, so he didn't have many good games, but yeah. No, no. I was just saying that he, so he was 20 for 25 against Miami, which is like, ah, but last year he threw 15 interceptions to 10 touchdowns. Yeah. And Miami killed Duke in that game. So like, and Miami killed it was like Derek King going when it was, he was like 21 for 23 and at the start. It was like, that's great. But like, he wasn't actually doing anything. Right. Right. And it was at, it was at Duke, I think. Cause they, yes, it was. They always it was the first game Duke. after the COVID. Uh, it was the first, it was the next to the last game. I think probably the yeah, season. It was. Yep. Anyway. Uh, so this kid, um, you know, it's it's very interesting. That's all. Yeah. That played pretty much full, a full game against Miami last year. Very interesting. Um, yeah. But uh, and they have some. They have some really. But but they have a couple of elite players. But um, Miami's got to win this. That's all there is to it. So you walk away from the Alabama game not discouraged about the offense at all. It sounds like. Um. Wrong. Definitely discouraged. Oh, you are discouraged. Like, I mean, like the long-term outlook about the offense. Like, uh, I think, yeah, very worrisome. About, can't run a lick. Mm-hmm. And uh, the passing game, not as discouraged, David, because, excuse me, because um, Derek. You know, he didn't because the offense, both of Miami's line, offensive line was totally dominated by. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, he, out, he was like you said, he was efficient have, passing. He had two interceptions, but one he definitely should have been a defensive pass interference call. Um, he drew, I mean, it, he drew two d- down the field off defensive pass interferences. So even though he only threw for one yeah, or, eight I, or whatever, it was really more like two, 10 ish. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really discouraged. I've got to see this. Mike Harley missed a lot of the game with an injury. Their passing game. I got. I got. I. I'm not really discouraged about their passing game. I just think Alabama was that good. I would be discouraged about the run game. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it's kind of been the run game. I mean, it's kind of been the hallmark of the entire time we've had Cam Harris here, right? Is and a lot of this is the offensive line, right? The offensive line, I think, uh-huh. like they've said, the offensive line was not a good run-blocking offensive line last year. But Cam Harris has always kind of been the boomer bust guy, right? And whether, again, this is not all because of him. It's probably largely because of the offensive line. It seems like some games, he's awesome, right? Like the Oklahoma State game, he was incredible in that game. Um, but then a lot of other times it feels like it's like three-yard gain two-yard game, three-yard game. Like, it's... Kind of some happy feet. Yeah. Behind the line of scrimmage. I, I don't know. I Yeah. I mean, I think... I, I've, I still like Cam. I think I've always thought he would was best suited as, the, like, the second back. Or, like, I mean, even when Miami recruited him, they recruited him and Lorenzo Lingard in the same class. And Lorenzo right. Lingard was the five... Like, Lorenzo Lingard was the guy who was supposed to be turned into the every-down running back. And Cam was supposed to be the change of pace, like home run hitter, which obviously we see that home run hitting potential 
Um, I still think if they can basically, you know, Don Chaney, everyone wants to see Don Chaney play. I think he continues to like look like their most consistent guy. Like I I feel most, when you give it to Cam Harris, you know, there's a whatever percent chance that he's going to break a 70 yard run. But I think when they give the ball to Don Chaney, you feel better that he's going to just like pick up four. Yeah, I agree. And and you you also you also get a feeling he's going to break a seventy yard run. And it's going to be called back because of holding. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and he and he has good hands. He could you know he makes some nice catches. Yeah, uh, like I've always thought, if they can really get those two going um, to complement each other well, I, I still feel pretty good about the run game. But yeah, like you said, they. I mean, it's been the well, it's been an issue the last couple of years, and then Derek. You know, he didn't run that much. I wonder as the season goes on if he's going to feel more. It was interesting, um, you know, yeah. that like uh, everyone was complaining about what the third and seven run call. Um, but the way oh, Miami's right. offense is structured, it's, it's so much RPO and so much read option. Like sometimes when uh, it feels like the running back is running into a wall, it's because – Derek screwed up the read, right? It's because he should have pulled it and taken it to the outside or he should have thrown it. So, uh, and you do wonder if, you know, about the knee, just that like he's obviously as always, he's never felt, never spoken like he's concerned about the knee, but it's subconscious, right? It's like, it's, you have to be. I mean, he's exactly. still, like, like he's, I do wonder as the year goes on. If he's going to, you know, he had a couple good runs. Um, he had a one of, he had the 11 yard run. Yep, to the outside that was like the outside that was play. really and then he nice. like a scramble up the middle for like 10 also where he like was kind of dancing or maybe it was only five but he was like one of his juking and cutting and all that and I just think the more he does that the more he's going to feel comfortable right and that's that's how the run game becomes good is that Derek the teams really feel like they need to account for Derek I wonder how much Alabama was accounting for Derek in the run game right um I don't know, but I, I do think he's still – he's going to go – like you said, he's going to go through the season still – in a way, he's still rehabbing the knee. I mean, it just doesn't stop. It hasn't even been a year, right? So, um, he, he's got to think about it. I, I don't know. He's got to – he's got to – because if they lose to Eric, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what about the defense? The Obviously, they gave up 44 points, which is bad. Um Right. Uh, Alabama tends to score like 30. I don't know what they averaged last year. I would guess probably like 38 or something. So like is what they do. Um, obviously they pad that in blowouts like this and against well, the CS team they play, but um, the run defense. I almost feel better about their defense coming out of that than I do about the offense relative to what we expected. And yeah, that is because, exactly. and that is because um, the run defense was good relatively they missed a lot of tackles obviously like um that that hurt a lot what 20 missed tackles I think um was like the number the PFF had it with which was Uh the most in a game they've had recently other than the NC State one obviously or uh North Carolina I mean um 10 tackles for loss was like kind of astonishing like didn't feel like that when we were watching I think they got a lot of that in the second half when it was kind of out of hand but like you know, James Williams got in there for a TFL. Chance Williams had a sack. Um, Corey Flagg got in there for a TFL. Uh, Keontra Smith got it. Like, they, they, 
it felt like the front seven had that, you know, they've, they've been talking about the speed. It felt like they had more speed, certainly, in the front seven. Um, but again, they still gave up 44 points. Uh, how are you feeling about the defense coming out? Do you, do you kind of... Are, I feel the same way as you. Yeah, I, I, like it's, it's weird to come out of that more encouraged about the defense and the offense. And again, like, the offense, I still would say, is the strength of this team. But um, if the offense is – if we feel worse about the offense than we did in the preseason, I feel better about the defense after watching one yeah. game. And, uh, you know, UM held Alabama to 3.9 yards a carry. Um, and Alabama averaged five yards last season. Um, you know, uh, and, and I think Miami allowed like 4.3 yards a carry last season. So – that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, I think Keontra Smith, right, weak side, linebacker. They seem really happy with Smith and Flag at linebacker. Very happy. Corey Flag, yeah, really happy with those guys. Um, and remember, Bubba Bolden had the targeting in the first quarter. So, um, you know, right there, that, was, that, that wasn't good for the defense. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely um, they're 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 cornerbacks. I don't know. I'm you know DJ Ivy's just we talked about this too. Um, I, I you know I thought he was going to step up this season, but it, it just I don't know didn't didn't look 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 that way as much. What do you? Yeah, think? I mean, he is the one who got uh, again. Like when a ninety-four yard touchdown happens, it's usually not just one guy's fault. Um, missing Bubba Bolden, I'm sure, hurt that play where you don't have your most reliable safety uh, playing deep. Um, but I mean, that was the that was I don't want to say the turning point in the game, but that was when the game was over, right? It was when Miami goes down the field, gets stuffed on fourth and goal from the one. Um, right on uh, I would say one of the play calls that was the most questionable play calls in the game was that uh, direct snap to Eric run up the middle that went nowhere. Um, and then obviously they almost get a safety on, I think the second play of the drive and then the third play of the drive, um, they give up a 94 yard touchdown where um, was that, I think it was Jamison Williams. Is that's name, right? Jamison Williams um, burns, burns DJ Ivy on a, like an in and out move. Uh, and that's the game there. Miami had a chance to cut it to 16, I think, right? If they had scored a touchdown and got yes, the touchdown. From, um, like 17 or 16, depending if they were two or not. Um, right. And it, then the blowout is officially on after that play. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I, on that play, I do wonder how much Bubba's absence hurt there. It didn't seem like we talked to Travaris Robinson on Monday, and uh, you know he seemed to say that, it wasn't necessarily the safety's fault or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that obviously hurt the defense a little bit. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, only one sack, right. And against yep. a freshman quarterback, the biggest way to rattle them is to get pressure to them. Right. Um, and I, I thought it was kind of interesting the way Miami was playing, you know, they were getting him out of the pocket. Right. It almost felt like their idea uh-huh. was to make him not to just keep hitting him, but to that make was- him, make multiple decisions on a play. The decision, that was his idea. Yep. the decision to set his feet outside the pocket and then mm-hmm. basically have to pick out a play that has been long developing. Um, and he just beat yep. them in that aspect of the game. I think they had a defensive game plan. I think you can obviously quibble with whether it was the right game plan or not. I think a lot of freshman quarterback would not have handled 
uh, what Miami did defensively well. I think Bryce Young's really good. I think their plan backfired. And that was kind of what Manny said, too. Um, they dared Bryce Young to beat them, and he did. Manny said it, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think um, a few of them said it, or whoever whoever we talked to last week. Um, I think to Corey Couch said it. They they thought he their their plan was to get Bryce Young to 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 get out of the pocket and have to throw on the run. Um, they didn't think he'd be able to handle it because it was his first start and yeah. he was fantastic, <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. about, that's what it came down to. Yeah. Uh, so really what it seemed like, and again, I haven't like watched the all 22 on it or whatever, but it seemed like the game plan was basically like drop a lot of guys into coverage, bring a lot of delayed blitzes. So it felt like a linebacker was coming on delayed blitz every time. And then that, that basically, you know, a lot of times that's not creating that immediate pressure where the quarterback's going to get sacked, but it's making Bryce Young sees Corey Flagg coming up the middle. He's got to drift to his left, make a throw. And I think the problem there is the Alabama's wide receivers were just better than Miami's secondary, right? Like if you give oh the wide receivers time to get open, they're going to get open. Um, and and so fast. Bryce Young's just got to find the open guy at that point. You know, he's got to improvise, right? Because those guys are breaking off of their routes in some cases and just trying to get open for him. Um, and they beat him by doing that, basically. They did. But, but I think the the, the defensive uh, – the sorry, the uh, run defense, like you said, obviously a, a big reason for optimism. Uh, I think the changes they made up front – I talked about this last week. I thought it was going to hurt them against Alabama because how big Alabama was, and I think it probably did to an extent. You saw how many missed tackles there were. Um, on Alabama, Brian Robinson, who's their like gigantic running back. Um, but they, again, they're not going to face guys like that for most of the season. And I think, uh, you know, 20 tackles, it has to be an outlier just because of the way math works. Um, I, I think that the front seven is going to, I don't know if it's going to be a strength against everyone else, but I, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, we were really worried that was going to be a weakness. And I think it's going to be, uh, you know, at least like a competent part of this defense. And yeah. frankly, like as I keep saying this, I know Miami fans want to judge themselves against the best teams in the country like Alabama, but this team has been to the ACC championship once ever. The right, the first they got to beat, they got to beat the teams in the coastal before they worry about beating Alabama. Yeah, That's the main goal for this for year. sure. I, I, you know what? So glad that game's over with, aren't you? I mean, I'm just but now, now obviously, now it's 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 all important. Like. Like we keep saying, so better to, to me to start with Alabama. I know the fans are going crazy, and I I, I do understand it. Um, although I'm not I'm not sure what they. I know they're saying. Well, I think it's pent up frustration for twenty years, right? It's not frustration about right. one game, and you but you yeah. can't erase twenty years of history and, and what. Even if they won, it wouldn't erase twenty years of history, right? That if they don't well, make the ACC championship, like who cares? They're saying Miami had eight months to prepare, but guess what? So did Alabama. So did Alabama. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, with way better players. So. Um, yeah. And the greatest college football coach of all time. And richest. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's kind of interesting because, um, you know, <clears throat> App State is is one and all. Miami. The rest of their schedule, we thought it was kind of, kind of going to be a cake wash, walkish, a little bit um, before last week. And now, when we're seeing results of games, it's like, hmm, let's see. North Carolina lost um, to Virginia Tech, right? So, Virginia Tech all of a sudden is ranked that they look a lot better. Um, and Miami does play Virginia Tech in late November. North Carolina State looked good. Yeah, so I'm looking at the AP Top 25 right now, and well, I was just saying this before we went on. It's kind of funny. Everyone talked about how bad the ACC's weekend was, and it was. When when Syracuse beating Ohio is the conference's best win of the weekend, it's not a good weekend, <laughs> other than, I guess, Virginia Tech beating UNC. Right. Uh, we went from three ACC teams ranked in the preseason to four ranked now, so uh, I guess that's going for, for the ACC. Um, but, yeah, I've got the AP Top 25 up right now, and not including a potential Clemson game in the ACC championship. Teams on Miami's schedule that are ranked, you've obviously got Alabama at one. We knew that was going to be the hardest game. Now you've got Virginia Tech, like you said, who just beat UNC at number 19, and they look good. You've still got UNC at 24. I, th- I don't think either of us are writing off UNC yet. Obviously. No, we have to see. Um, you've got NC State with 69 votes. That basically makes them 27. Again, like you said, they look good. They were one of Miami's toughest games last year. Um, you've got Michigan state getting 28 votes that puts them, I don't know, right around like 32 or something that's coming up in a couple of weeks. We thought, you know, year two with a new coach last year was COVID. You, there was a chance that Michigan state was going to be in the throes of a rebuild last year. And they kind of took it to Northwestern on Friday. Again, it's one game. Maybe, maybe Northwestern's not as good as people thought. Um, but again, Michigan state looks much tougher than I thought. And I thought they had a chance to be. They definitely look tougher. North Carolina State looks tough. Uh, North Carolina, we have to wait one more week. Who's yeah. there? You've got Florida State getting four votes after hanging with. Um, oh, Florida State after looks Notre a lot Day, better than which, I mean, there people thought they were going to be like a mess, and uh, they're not a they, mess. It doesn't seem like they. It seems Miami like it should be better beginning. than them, but. Um, and then yeah, Appalachian State getting one vote too. Like they're probably the favorite in Sun Belt. Yeah, I mean. Florida State look, at the beginning of that game looked. Um, I thought they looked bad. I was I was shocked. Travis was the quarterback. I I don't know why. I thought Mackenzie Milton would be the quarterback. Uh, and then Florida State got better and better as the game went on. They got into their groove, and then it's so bizarre the, the uh, when Travis's um, helmet falls off. Yeah, Mackenzie Milton has to go in a quarterback, and all of a sudden he's heroic. And unbelievable the whole story was and they almost went it, it, except for 
missing a, what was it, 38 yards, 37? I don't know, something like yeah. that. Goal for a state, but it was wide left, not wide right. And it wasn't at the end of the game, it was before. But, yeah. but you know, Notre Dame made the, made the field goal. The thing is, Florida State looks better than both of us thought. Um, yeah. I, it's going to be a more challenging schedule than we thought, I think. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I mean, the number one goal is, is make the ACC championship. Now, there is obviously varying degrees of making the ACC championship. If you go eight and four and make the ACC championship, like, that's not a success, right? Like, but if you, you know, if you slip up once against, you know, at Florida State, obviously people get really angry if you lose at Florida State. Uh, <laughs> at Florida State or home against NC State um, or, or at UNC, you know, if, if you can get through this schedule at 10 and 2 and, and make the ACC championship, like, that's still, oh, that's, that's still, I, major, that's major progress for this program that again has been the really ACC good. championship once ever. Like, we're not talking about, like, a team that's in the national championship race every year. Um, so, yeah, they, I, I think it's still doable. It's, like you said, maybe a little tougher than we thought at the beginning of the year. And that's still what this team needs to be judged on is, is whether they can basically reach a height that they have not reached in 20 years, essentially, is, is making that ACC championship game. Um, and, you know, Clemson. And winning it. Well, yeah, winning it, but just getting there. They've only well, been there once. Like the, the first step to being – the first step to, to getting back to where Miami wants to go is beating the teams on your schedule, and they just haven't even done that for so long. Um, like beating the, you know, the coastal teams, being becoming the team in the coastal. Um, again, a different team has won the coastal every single year. Clemson has been – and Florida State, obviously, for the, for the first half of this era – um, like have been waiting for a challenger to emerge from the coastal, and that was supposed to be Miami, um, obviously, or uh, I guess Virginia Tech. Like those were supposed to be the teams that were supposed to kind of own the coastal, um, right? And obviously, we just have not gotten there, um, and it's still doable. Like this can be the year where Miami sort of asserts itself by like I said you know you maybe you slip up once like a lot of teams do especially when they're not a juggernaut um a lot of teams slip up once but get just get into the ACC championship especially because you know these the, the underclassmen look pretty good right like you're, you're theoretically you're coming yes. into a good air that 2020 recruiting class was, was looks good so far that 2021 recruiting class obviously is has a chance to be a program changing class if, if all those guys yeah. hit. You know, we said the same thing about the 2018 class and that didn't happen, but whatever. Um, David, I, I, I agree with you totally, um, but we say the same thing every year. I know, I know, I know. So like the fans, I kind of, I, I, I can't help it. Like everybody is saying, okay, UM should win the rest of their games or, you know, they always slip up once. I think UM always slips up at least another two times. Yeah, I, right, right. Just my experience. Before you get to the team that, that runs the table, you got to be the team that limits your screw up to one game instead of yeah, but they always, three times. They, like it's really yeah, hard to go from zero to a hundred. Right. I. I mean. I. I. You know. Uh, like to me, one more loss is a given, and I think almost two more losses just. Well, that'll be the that'll be the the test for this team, right? Is yeah. and that's that's where we come to now, right? That's where we come to this week with Appalachian State, which is like, like you said, a pretty good team. And then the following week, uh, or is the following week or the week at Michigan State, obviously coming up in a couple of weeks too. Following, following week yeah. is 
Michigan State. Pretty good team. And and these are the games yes. that this team has to be, you know, the, the games like these are the ones the team has to be judged on. The teams are supposed to be, um, and I don't know what the okay. line was on the App State game. I think it was eight at one point. I don't know if it's Yeah, I think it was, well. last time I looked, it was eight, but it's not like, uh, you know. Right. Like, these are the games you got to win. And if you screw the, like, I keep saying it, Manny Diaz is going to have plenty of chances to, like, lose his job, right? Like, if you screw up these games, that's like when you start talking about it. Um, and they might right. screw these games up, right? Like that. But that's what yeah. this is going to be judged on is how they bounce back. I can't. They can, I mean, they, you know, shame on them if they screw this one up. Yeah, and like then then it's like, all right, panic whole- time. I'm not, I'm not panicking off of one loss to Alabama in the same way that basically everyone loses to Alabama. But, yeah. but you got to bounce back. And that's been the, the – you've said it how many times in the time we've been recording this program, this uh, – this, the show about this program, it's they lose one and it spirals. Like that is what this the, the biggest flaw with this program well, has well, been for as long as I've been around it, and feels like almost for as long as you've been around. But it, it. does. But David, they, they don't always they don't always spiral spiral immediately. Right, they don't. Sometimes, sometimes they'll like they'll like do something like beat App State, beat Michigan State, beat Central. Connecticut State beat Virginia, and then they start losing. Right. Okay. There's some kind of streak, losing streak that goes on. And I, I don't know when it's going to be. I'm not saying for sure it's going to be. But that's what we, we have to see what happens. And then Manny Diaz is in, uh, in trouble. Although this is his third year, right? Yeah. Third year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 deals, I think Barry. Uh, I don't know if it ever been reported. Like, no, I don't think it but uh, I believe Barry reported it actually this week. Um, but yeah, we like, like, all kind of knew it. Um, but yeah, like you, like you said, this as you wrote after the game, and it's like so obvious. Like the rest of the season looms large now. Um, that was always going to be the case, uh, and it's it, it's not like it starts. You know, you could think of it as starting in the ACC play because you know, you, whatever you play some non-conference games, like you're supposed to win those. But oh, uh, no, they've got a we're win. getting the test right away of, of this team's medal, I think, in a way that they've got a win. Not they, yet. Yeah, and then you know what else? They lose this game, David, and it's like fire Manny Diaz on every single Twitter account of a UM fan. I mean, it's there's gonna be a lot of pressure. At that point, it'd be like you know, justified basically. You can't you can't be losing home games to App State in in your home opener, I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's going to be so ugly. So uh, anyway, they'll probably win now. Yeah, I mean, I I would have to say they're going to win, but uh, I, I don't. But it's, I don't, it, it, like we like we keep saying, it, it's the test. This is the test, right? This is yeah. I don't go into it super. I don't go into it like ah oh, for sure. Yeah, okay. they're not they're not playing an FCS team where you know they're going to maybe. How about Central Connecticut State? That might be the one I think they. Yeah. Get. Yeah. They probably should have tried to schedule that one this week. Just like let them, uh, let them beat up on someone after you beat up on Alabama. Yeah, then it would be like then it would be like you know seventy to three, and then uh, and then reality again. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the other part of the Alabama thing is like you're gonna feel kind of physically beat up this week, I'm sure, right? Like it's it's hard to come back from Alabama, not just because you got you got killed and like you gotta regroup and all that kind of stuff but also like take the physical toll um so 
I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another slow start on uh, on Saturday. Oh, that would be bad. And that would, I, be, bad. That, that would be bad. Red Lashley is putting on his thinking cap. <laughs> he yeah. has a week. Yeah, but again, like this, this is the test, and um, I'm excited to see it. I guess. Yeah, I'm. I, you know what, I'm. We're gonna we're gonna learn what this team kind of really is this week, right? Like, if we, I feel like I didn't learn very much off that Alabama game. We're gonna actually like kind of see what these guys are. Yeah, I kind of learned negative things in a way, and some positive on the defense. But what one thing I think that's going to be pretty interesting this week is. Um, to see how many fans show up because yeah, that's true. I mean, it's the first game with maximum capacity crowd um, since 2019, obviously. Yeah, and they're super excited. And I have this really like uh, pessimistic feeling. I can't help it that we're going to look around and kind of, you know, raise our eyebrows like, uh oh, like there's, I don't know. I, I really don't know, but I just have this. Yeah. I'm not sure how many people are going to show up for this. What do you, what do you think? I don't know. Yeah, Night game, right? Do you feel better about a night game than you do about a noon game? I guess that could yes. help maybe a little bit. So yes. Um, first game, you know, the students, at least at most schools, the student, you know, you get the freshmen to come to the first game, right? Cause they don't know any better. Oh, or- that's true. You'll get, you'll get some students. Yeah. <laughs> they do the canes walk or whatever the heck they do. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't, they the just are following. Walk. They're just following the, like the, whatever their RA tells them to do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if they'd beaten Alabama, obviously we would have, uh, you would have had a line out the door potentially. Oh. Um, Oh, it would have been. I think, uh, yeah, I'm not expecting it to be uh, great. Yeah, which is kind of, by the way, kind of sad. It is. It's a top 25 team that, like, has designs on winning the Coastal and, you know, playoff. Like, losing to Alabama does not kill your playoff hopes. Um, Right. Probably, you know, Miami's probably not going to make the playoff, but, like, still, like, this team has a lot of – a lot of places to still go this year. Um, yeah. Hey, David, it, if they should get into the ACC <laughs> championship and they win that, aren't there maybe not necessarily the playoff? No. If you run the table, if you win every game from here on out, there's, there's a pretty good chance to make the playoff. That's yeah, kind of. You a- can't lose another one. Like, we we're way too early to start talking about this considering Miami is 0 1 with a negative uh, 31 point differential. But um, yeah, like the season's not over, obviously. Yeah, it's not. Well, we'll let's uh, on to the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow yeah, okay. us on Twitter uh, at S. Miller Degnan. Uh, obviously, lots of coverage this week going into App State. Um, yeah, it's been a, obviously a lot of Kane stuff on, on, on MiamiHerald.com this week. Um, a lot of stuff we talked about here today, but a lot of good accompanying stuff and, and other, uh, other perspectives, other opinions, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you did so, a great story that has yet to be posted. Maybe it's posted. It'll be up by the time people listen to this about the, the young wide receivers and what it tells us maybe about the everyone wants the everyone always wants freshmen to play, right? That's. It's like the, the most, most popular man in town is a backup quarterback, like, you know, Always. like a cliche. Um, yeah. But uh, basically wrote about what it's going to take for those other guys 
you know, the James Williams and Cam Kitchens and all those guys get on the field more. Yeah, James Williams. These young guys at wide receiver in particular um, really, really come through on Saturday. Yeah, I think they're going to be okay. They're going to be good wide receiver. I think. I think think so too. And it sounds like, um, you know, we talked to Rob Likens on Tuesday and it it sounds like Romello Brinson might be in this rotation by the end of the year too. Like, like they, they got bodies there, certainly. Yeah, he, he likes them. I, yeah. It seems like they, have, they feel really good about, like, four guys, basically, right? The Restrepo uh, and oh, yeah. Keyshawn, obviously, Keyshawn, and then so. obviously Harley and, and Rambo. And then, you know, you saw a little bit of D. Wiggins and, and Michael Redding, but it does feel like, like the opportunity is there for the taking for a guy like uh, Romelo Brinson, right? Like yeah. they're still they're still looking for a fifth guy who they like love. It, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I know they like Redding. Obviously, Wiggins has a a lot of experience. Um, but yeah, they're they're waiting. They're 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 ready to fall in love with with a fifth receiver. Yeah. So. Um, um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter yeah. at DB Wilson too. Uh, you can check that out. Um, lots of Kane stuff, obviously, this week too. Um, but other than that. Um, I guess we'll talk to you guys next week. And I, like I said, I think we're going to have a much better idea about what this team really is after we watch them play Appalachian State on Saturday. Yes. Let's uh, hope for the best. <laughs> that is the way it kind of feels, right? Like, uh, we'll see. Well, uh, yeah. We'll see. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, thanks again, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week.